Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think a lot of positions uh, can be described in that way. Um, we have quality, depth, and capable people. Um, and so I think not only this week, but week in and week out, we're going to be willing to mix and match and in an effort to get the appropriate matchups and the best mix of people on the field. That can be that could describe the strong safety position, that could describe the inside linebacker position, that could describe the nickel position. Um, I think flexibility from a matchup perspective is really in vogue in today's game defensively. I think if you're going to be excellent on defense, you better be mindful of matchups. Um, I think it's highlighted by my opening when I talked about dynamic players such as Christian McCaffrey and Kittles and and Debo Samuels, the people that you put on them are significant. And so um, that's going to be our story. <laughs> I got to tell you something, Max. You know, I, I like doing the Steelers youth football camps, okay? So one, on day two, you got football games, flag football, and, you know, you're coaching. And sometimes you get where you got too many guys. So you got to sit a couple guys out and try to rotate them in. I can't do it. In a 20-minute game, I'm trying to – like, above all, just keep the kids going so that, like, uh, you know, it, it's like sugared up two-year-olds at a sleep sleepover. You know, everybody's running everywhere. And you're trying to, like, mix and match. And I heard that from Mike Tomlin, and I got these stats that from Teresa – I think it was Teresa Varley and Dale Lolly, but I'm, I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But last year, the Steelers, in mixing and matching, they started defensively 16 different starting combos over 17 games with 447 different combos over 1,063 defensive snaps. Are you kidding me? I mean, how do you do that? Wow. <laughs> that, that, you haven't had uh, enough coffee to match me, let's buddy. See. I was about to say Red Bull. Um, let's see. And then, of course, you know, then eating a lot of energy uh, bites. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, I don't know. Yeah, you got that, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I well, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Can you hear me? Hello, Max. Are you there? It's kind of on a delay. It's kind of on a delay. Hello? Hello? We got a little bit of a delay is what Max is saying. Well, certainly. Max, do me a favor. Just uh, disconnect and reconnect here if you can. There you go. All right, so while we're doing a little bit of uh, technical stress. Well, hello. Hello, um, Wes. Wesley Euler, your co-host here for anywhere and, from and the next Ninja. 10 seconds to 10 <laughs> minutes, depending on how this goes. <laughs> you know, here's the thing about it. When you got one dude in Phoenix, you got another guy here in the how bird. That can oh, he's back. Bum. Are you back, Max? 
I am back, and I'm not getting any feedback. Okay, we're good. Rock and roll. Are hey, you ready? That's the, awesome. the old classic turn it off and turn it back on solution. Nine times. Yeah, exactly. Ex- the, easy, the easiest. It's like, I just take the batteries out and then put them back Max on. 90% <laughs> of the time, it works every time. You know, there's, yes. there's such a, a theory as the bigger BFH, the bigger freaking hammer. <laughs> Yes, Uh, always, always. That theory always, to me, that's just a good way to start the day. All right, you don't, it's not working, hit it. Hit it harder. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So Uh, If you can't hit it harder, go get a big freaking hammer, bigger freaking hammer. (laughs) That's exactly, you know, like I said, and I've told this story many times, but it bears repeating. When my last physical, when they brought out that rubber hammer and they hit me in the, you know, the test your reflex, and nothing happens, and then they get a bigger hammer. I never knew that. Couldn't believe that. Who comes out with a bigger rubber hammer to hit you in the knee? But the doc kid the, the, up there in uh, Minnesota. It was crazy. But regardless, okay, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting all tangential here. All right? So the fact of the matter is, how do you mix and match when you have so much going on? You've got guys now where you got a Brandon Ayuk. You got a, you got, it's a specialty. You got to put the right people on them. You got uh, Christian McCaffrey. You got George Kittle. You got Debo Samuel. I mean, get Zooks, man. That's a lot of different bodies and specialties that they bring to bear. No, it is. And when you think about just that flexibility, right? I mean, that's that's something that the, these guys offer a different skill set, and it takes either not only one but multiple guys depending on how they line up to use against them and that's where I think I think that's why it's really important when we were talking yesterday about whether George Kittle is in or out of this offense right correct what that does to how the defensive schematics will be because it's one thing to follow a Debo Samuel and a Kirsten McCaffrey um, at the multitude of places that they can line up because they can line up in the slot, they can line up outside. They can line up in the backfield. Right, right. Uh, motion to those same positions. But George Kittle, it's because he does possess a skill set as a blocker that if he's holding on a delay for two seconds and then leaks out late, people forget about it. And then exactly. now he's open in the middle of the field. And that's where it's like, Okay, his injury status matters. Uh, how 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 we get to, yeah yeah how we line up with him that matters because you've already got the other issues and I think when you look at backfield aspects, I think our inside backers will be tuned in when they see Christian or Debo in the backfield. But it's it's that motion to the outside. Do you carry? Do you stay? Right. Well, <laughs> you know, exactly. What is the schematic part of it? Yeah, yeah, that that so that's going to be really important and, you know, pass rush to Brock Purdy. This is a young dude that, you know, this is a young dude that people are now they, they see him coming ahead of time, right? Before you didn't see you didn't see you didn't see the big the big chicken car driving down the road, right? The big yellow chicken and it's honking and and, and everything else with the big eyeballs on top of it. You didn't see that. But now you see it coming. And coaches coaches have now studied him, so it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Because I think pressure on him is going to be key as well. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you watch what Kittle does in the variety of formations and personnel groupings. I mean, I've I've never seen anybody use as much of 21 and 22 personnel as these San Fran boys. You know what I mean? They they load up, and they're going to come after you. They're going to do all kinds of, like, uh, 
you know, a motion, pre-motion, snap motion, uh, jet motion, uh, you know, a zipper motion, trace motion, whatever you want to call it. They even run, if you watch the, the film, they run the, the, the high flyer, like indoor football league. You, you ever see that, Max? They take a guy and he, and he goes in a, a very fast motion across almost the entire field, and just at the snap, he will start bending towards the line of scrimmage to time it up. But they do that with, with use check, a fullback. I mean, there's just a lot of different stuff. And then to be able to get the yeah. bodies on the right people, I'm telling you what, we got the right people on the inside linebackers, I really believe. Cole Holcomb. Alandon Roberts and Quan Alexander, those three, number one is how you're going to divvy up that sort of division of labor is going to be very, very interesting to me to see how it plays out early in the game this weekend. Well, I, I think you got you got you got to rotate them in um, because, like you no said, doubt. with the amount of those, and yes, I and yes, I have seen that is. I just don't. You notice when I don't like the CFL motion where they're running towards the line of scrimmage right before the snap. Almost that's like wrong. Kickoff. I hate that. that's the one. <laughs> that's the one I hate. I'm like, come on, that's not even fair. No. At this point, and you already got to run like further than a normal field. I mean, really, give this guy a five yard running head start. Get out of here. So. <laughs> so yeah, but sorry. Was that personal? That sounds sound like it, it sounds like, like, like you have a little bit of it, angst so about it. You know what I mean. I do, I, I do, I do, I do. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get over it. Um, but but I think you do have to rotate the guys in, right? Because because San Fran does some of the window dressing, Kansas City esque type of stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yep. Like it's a lot of pre snap. It's a lot of pre snap tiring. Is yeah. what I, was what I call it. Where you have guys motioning for the sake of motioning. It's like, yes. okay, move over here. All right, all right, we're going to move this guy over here. Okay, we're going to shift the, all, this entire left side. We need you to go to the right. Okay, and then we're going to zip back over to the left. It's like, it's like what? And I get it. I get what you're trying to do. You're trying to give your quarterback a good read on what the defensive structure is. I get it. But at the same time, I think we have veterans and guys who can disguise long enough when they realize what San Francisco is trying to do. And that's why I think you have to have a good mixture between Cole, Alandon, Quan, and even a little Mark Robb. Yeah. Listen, you know, listen, throw a little dynamite in there. You know, we'll see, we'll see how that, how that works out for the offense, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, but you're going to use, I think you're going to use all four linebackers in this game. Um, and you're going to see them kind of rotating to figure out who, where the fit is. Because that's one of the things we talked about, right? We have the linebacking core now that can kind of fit a plan, so to speak. Meaning, whatever offensive personnel, we have linebackers that can mix and match to fit whatever we need them to do in these situations. And T.A. is going to have it teed up, um, you know, to, to make sure that he's he's highlighting those guys. and Because... Christian McCaffrey is a problem, right? I mean, oh, yeah. he's a multifaceted running back that does a lot, has done a lot in this league, and now that they kind of pairing him, they're kind of pairing him up to where he's not even having to be really the lead back because his body won't allow that. Um, so they're going to be mixing him in and out of the game. So why not mix in and out your personnel? That just that that's just good housekeeping policy, you know? True. You know, I got to clean. Got to clean up. Hey. They move a guy, let's let's move a guy, let's see how this works. But the one constant thing that needs to happen, pressure. 
on Brock Purdy. That oh, has no to be yeah. the consistent. And all four of them can deliver that. So that's where I think you feel comfortable with mixing and matching because you know that you have four guys of similar ilk and skill level that can get that job done. There's no question in my mind that it's going to be interesting to see how they play it out. You know, especially, as I said, when you consider the inside guys, I'm looking more at a Quan Alexander and a, and a Cole Holcomb getting more reps, a little bit more, I would think, than a Landon and Mark Robb right now because of the fact I think those two guys represent better possibilities of coverage capabilities on the inside with guys like McCaffrey is is just, you know, right off the top of my head, which is a very flat head, by the way. So that's none of this is, uh, you know, gospel right now. The fact you is... You are okay. Your, head, your head's <laughs> not that flat. It's, it's a, it has a little round to it. <laughs> a little round where the, where the rough edges have been beaten down a little bit. But, you know, you look at a George... <laughs> you look at a George Kittle. I was watching him on, on, on tape the other day, and I love the way he'll, he'll release... And when he, he, he does a nice little job of bumping off inside coverage, you know, when he goes up the seam, he will even create the contact. Yeah. He'll slightly, subtly move in, you know, and he'll give a little bit of a nudge, you know, to create that contact on an option route. You know, instead of just running up the seam, he'll go up the seam and then, you know, get that contact. And then he'll be able to, at the top of the route, be able to create create that separation with just this very subtle little hip check little little bump and run type of thing it's kind of like you know you got you if you're going to blow something up you just to clear a space it's using the right amount of dynamite you know not blowing the whole top off the thing where you get penalized you know where it's so obvious he's just very subtle in his ability to create that separation it's pretty unique yeah, you, you know, it, it's it's one of those, it, it's the vet move, right? It's the nuance of it all, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it's like, hey, I, 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 I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't pull his jersey and tug him in. No, that wasn't <laughs> me. I clutched the entire time, I swear. Uh, no, I didn't punch him in the face mask and then track my hand immediately and look like I'm still in position. I didn't do that. You know, but, but those are the vet moves, you know, that, that as you play this game, you learn how to do that. Because, I mean, and also think about this, Wolf. The, the tight end position has been given a lot more latitude now with the way the rules have changed. Right. You know, as far as not being able to butt them at the five yards if they're running on, and, and redirect them, you can't redirect at the five-yard mark anymore. Correct. You, you know, you have to – whoever owns the space first gets the spot, you know, type of deal. So that has, that has allowed the tight end position to really flourish and – no better, too, than him and Travis Kelsey that have taken full advantage of that, right? Because there is an onus on the offensive guys being a little bit more protected and given some carte blanche. So, you know, for George Kittle, he takes full advantage. as a guy that's a very physical guy already. Now it's like I can use a little bit of my physicality because I, I now get that, I get that grace, so to speak. So, yeah, there's going to be a nudge out. He knows how to edge a guy to make sure that he creates a space for himself for when he is going to turn to open himself up for a reception um, to back to the quarterback. And so, yeah, edging, if, he, if, if, that quarter, if, if, that, if he's lined up and running, say, straight down the hash, that linebacker sitting on the hash as well. He backpedals a little bit. George Kittle licks his chops. He's like, yes, I now have free reign. He doesn't have my spot. So now as I'm coming to that point, and I try to make a little in, I just kind of make a little in and kind of squeeze it back out. 
right? Because I want to widen to create that Absolutely. space. Absolutely. Guy takes the inside. Okay, I'm going to give him a little bit more inside so that I now have the outside uh, because I know that corner is sitting wide on the wide receiver. So now I'm creating that gap. It's those little things that when you play this game, I mean, the, you know, the more experience that you get, the more you know how to fudge around everything. Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, you literally, when you watch Kittle, he just has a very subtle move to create that separation. And it's, uh, it's uh, you watch the end zone, you know, the, the end zone cut, and he runs straight and curls right into uh, like a safety to create that contact by which then he's able to like, you know, stick the foot in the ground, so to speak, as Mike Tomlin talks about, and, 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 and run a stop route or curl or something, you know, one of those, those option route things. And, and he does such a nice job of it that you really can't see. It's not like he doesn't blow the guy up. You know, when he runs into him, he, he just gets enough of that 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 uh, bang to create enough of a clearance. And then you watch some of the other guys when they go twins to one side and you get Debo Samuel running that crossing route. Man, oh, man, he somehow finds traffic, even though he's not at all delayed by the traffic. You know what I mean? You know, when you run that that crossing route, oh, you yeah. got a mesh point. He somehow is able to navigate that very quickly and accurately. Without, you know, again, all the, the, the problems of trying to get free. The guy just does it. It's called threading the needle. Okay, there you go. He knows how to thread the needle yeah. in, that, in, that, in that crossing route, you know. Uh, oh, and I think that's the analogy, right? Because right. when you do hit those mesh points of a crossing route, right, you have one defender that's kind of off, either yours is trail or is, or is, or is playing depth, and you have to be able to – get right in between both of them because you want the quandary to happen between the two defenders, not between the, the two receivers. <laughs> um, right. So Debo does a really good job of having a feel for who his crossing guy is. And then of course, creating, creating that mesh point where you can either, you know, squeeze the gap. It's like, it's like, you know, when you watch the movies, the action movies, and there's there's that cross traffic and the guys trying to escape everybody yeah. with the trail of like police cars behind him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like that. And for all of a sudden, oh, that bus just leaves or that car crossing on the other side just leaves. And then, boom, you blow through. And then, of course, all the police cars hit everything else and pile up and the guy escapes. Like, that's kind of what I feel like when you see Debo Samuel in those situations. Yeah. He just knows how to create that separation. So it's important that when you are in zone, communication. Communication's yeah. key. But I love I love the traffic cops we got back there. I love Minka and DeMonte back there on the deep half, you know, surveying that because usually that's where that quandary happens. It's usually that corner to safety pass off in a zone coverage or that linebacker who has middle depth almost in a Tampa 2 situation. Right. And he either steps up a little bit that creates the space behind him or they carry properly and the safeties know how to carry it off. So it's, it, so it, it's a nuanced type of type of approach. That I think this defense with the experience we have at all of our positions is a benefit to us that we're not going to get the young guys out there running into each other and wondering how did a jailbreak happen. You know, the, 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 when I was thinking about Debo Samuel and the crossing, the, what came to mind was when I was watching him, like, it's at that Jason Bourne movie when he's over in France and he's on the highway and he's got one of them uh, little mini, it's not a mini Cooper, but it's like one of them smaller European cars and he's zipped through Don, you know, going against one-way traffic the wrong way. 
You know, I'm like going, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that, yeah. that looks very uncomfortable. I would be very uncomfortable riding with Jason Bourne there. But, you know, Debo Samuels looks very comfortable when he, as you put it, so eloquently, might I add, threading the needle on the crossing routes. Yeah, I mean, and also, you know, you, you thought Jason Bourne, I was thinking more Italian job with little Mini oh, Coopers. okay. Italian job, Mini Cooper, got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, well, no, as far as, like, the driving, because remember, they, it was like, it was a bunch of them in coordination, and they did the same thing, right? Going through the tunnels, yep. and then hopping up in traffic, going the opposite direction, hitting the ramps and all those kind of things. <laughs> like, how do you, you know, we can't catch them. So... The same thing happens, but I mean, but that's going to be the challenge. I think it's going to be a it's going to be a good one for our defensive backs to experience this, and you know, with the guys that we have of the pedigree, right? I mean, with Le- Levi Wallace and with Patrick Peterson, um, those are going to be fun. And then how you mix in Joey Porter Jr. into this game plan, how you mix in a Desmond King who you know just got here, um, you know, how Elijah Riley, Chandon Sullivan figure into that from the nickel positions on the inside slots. Like it's going to be really fun because for the first time, Wolf, I'm not worried about, Oh my God, this is going to be a matchup nightmare. Right. If guys line up in a lot of different places, because I feel like for the first time in a couple of years, we have the depth to match a lot of those things um, defensively, but like there's quality depth there. There is, but 447 combos over a thousand. Yeah, Zooks, man, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm just like going, that's just mind-boggling. I don't know how it works, but I do know this. We got to go to break because that's how it works here in the locker room. <laughs> there you go, my friend. So we'll be back with more. Max is up next right here in the locker room. Wolf Starks and the Ninjas. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I thought he played really well. I thought he showed the growth and maturation that that comes with the thousand or so snaps that he's played over the last two years. Um, And so really comfortable there. Also really excited about what Broderick showed us and we were very thoughtful about making sure that he got a lot of reps during the course of development, particularly in preseason stadiums, and liked the work that he did there. And so just feel really good about our left tackle position. I uh, feel really good about Dan's growth and development. feel really good about the acquisition of Broderick and how bright his future is. Um, I know oftentimes depth charts produce stories, maybe what's wrong with Broderick, et cetera. There's nothing wrong with Broderick. Um, there was nothing wrong with Cam. Hayward, when he watched, um, if you have a good team, if you have people playing well, oftentimes it means young, capable guys get an opportunity to watch as they grow and develop. And so um, that's the story, the left tackle position, and feel really comfortable about where we are. Well, that was Coach Tomlin kind of talking about the way that the left tackle competition played out between Dan Moore and Broderick Jones and you know, Wolf, we watched it. We had a front row seat every day of training camp watching these two uh, battle. And I think I think the right result was reached to start the season. Um, I think, you know, when you look at what Broderick offered, 
what Dan offered. I mean, it was a very close competition, a very good competition. But I think, you know, you lean on experience um, at the end of the day. And Dan Moore was the incumbent and did everything that was necessary to keep that job um, for the time being. But that's not an indictment on Broderick Jones. I think like Coach Tomlin said, it's a luxury when you can actually have a guy watch, especially at the offensive line position, because now you can get an opportunity to learn, to absorb, to watch, to go through the processes. Heck, I did that my rookie year. <laughs> I was behind Marvell Smith and Oliver Ross, two very capable veterans, and I got to learn and I got inserted at different points in the season. Um, but then it made for you know my second year to be that much better. I was that much better prepared when it came competition time to to compete for a starting job and and you know you you can appreciate that not everybody needs to be thrown to the lions right out the gate just because you're a first round draft pick sometimes it is prudent to wait because you can have even that much more of an effect you can grow that much more as a player um in that position that you're not being thrust into it and learning on the job in the middle while you know while everything's happening around you at a thousand miles an hour you can now kind of digest and acclimate and ease yourself into 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 that position because you don't want them just for this year. You want them for the next ten years, and that's the key thing. You know, sometimes it takes a little bit, a little bit longer. Or if you can delay it and save that body just a little bit more, it's not a bad approach. What do you think? Well, I agree with you. I mean, there was nothing wrong with serving an apprenticeship when I came to the Steelers in 1980. You know, I know that's way before a lot of our listening audience was even born. But the fact is, you know, here's the thing about it. You come in and you learn from watching, you learn from doing. It's a combination of the two. When you have veterans in the room, hopefully they're bringing along the youngsters. And that, to me, is was part and parcel of what I thought was really good about this training camp. I watched Dan Moore talking to Broderick Jones. I watched Chooks Okorafor talking to Broderick Jones and Dylan Cook. I saw these guys, you know, commiserating with each other. You know what they're talking about. How do you do that? What kind of kick step do you have? How do you uh, how do you play the, the uppercut, the swim? You know, all these things that, that you know, a, a veteran guy is able to impart and share. Sam Davis was so good in sharing little techniques with me. One of them, he taught me... <laughs> You know, you get that outside shoulder on the quick swim guys, you know, you, you, you jump set them. But the right hand, you get that outside shoulder of theirs with your left hand, with your inside hand, you get that chest plate like a center does in case if they go inside, they're going to drag you inside with them. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's it's absolutely brilliant, yeah, you yes. know. <laughs> Outside shoulder, inside, you clamp on the, the 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 chest protector, you know, and that gives you the best of both worlds, rather than just punching to redirect all the time. So these are little things, little technical things that you can do as an offensive lineman. For instance, another thing that he taught me, he goes, here's the thing about Randy White, for instance, against Dallas in the 4-3. When they run that 4-3, that uh, flex defense, and Randy's up close, 
very close, make sure that you jump set him there. When he's off and he's back off two or three yards in that bow defense that Dallas used to run with the two defensive tackles, down defensive tackles, like three yards off the ball, he's going to come up, he's going to head shake. He's going to be, you know, trying to give you the hypnotic eye. He goes, as soon as he gets to that range of punching, take one step back and it's going to completely make him have to reorganize his pass rush because you're not where he, he was setting you up to be. You know what I mean? Little things like that. And you, you work on that over the course of uh, the week and then the, the year, then the career. And those things are all part of, of uh, equipping yourself with that skill set in your toolbox that hopefully, if you do it the Steeler way, you impart to other young guys coming up behind you. You know, that's the way it was done back in the day. Well, and, and and to fast forward to my day, which is still back in the day, um, <laughs> but it's not, not as the far same back, approach back. Is true for us. It's as not well. like Max. It's not back, back, it's back, not, back, it's, back. In it's the day. back in the day. It's not back, back in the day. You know, it's I'm just one back. You're like two to three back. You know, it's like Back to the Future one versus Back to the Future three. You know, it's just. Right. Uh, but but yeah. But I, but I think when you look at it, that, that's just when you think about the Steelers organization, um, the success of the Steelers franchises has been that approach, right? You, but you get guys through the draft, um, and those draft guys mature in the system. You know, you get some time to learn how to be a Steeler, and then you go out and then you become the Steeler. And then when the next crop comes in, you do the same. You continually, you know, pay it back to those to the next crew coming in. I, I took a lot of uh, pride when we would draft guys. And I knew they were drafting guys to compete against me. Sure. I mean, we did it for, what, four straight years while I was here. So, uh, you know, I, I understood what that was. But I also never kind of looked at it and looked at him like, side, like this guy's trying to take my job. You know, the, the natural inclination that people have is to, you know, feel threatened. Oh, yes. my God, this guy's coming in. He was his draft position. Oh, my God, he's coming to take. No, do your job. Just do you, yeah. and you'll be fine. If you have faith in your preparation and your skill and you know you did enough, then let the chips fall where they may. Because, you know, you never know what's going to happen. The opportunity is going to happen. I remember – when Trey Essex came in the year after me um, and, and was competing for the right tackle job with me. I remember when Willie Cologne came in and, and was competing with me. I remember when Tony Hills came in and was competing. You know, I, yeah. I, I, every year always going to have that competition because you're also trying to make sure that, you know, for the great adage that in the Tomlinism that we have, iron sharpens iron. Yes. Uh, you need to bring in good quality competition. If you brought in, if you brought in a scrub, then it was like we wasted a draft pick. Yeah, but you want to make sure that you're bringing guys in, you're teaching them because eventually they are the ones that are going to shepherd in the next era of the Steelers, like a Marcus Gilbert when he came here, Mike Adams, right? I mean, there were so many guys, and I took them all under my wing. Yeah, took them all under my wing, made sure that they understood because Barrett Brooks did that for me as a veteran. It's hard. He to... did that for me when he didn't have to. Exactly, Max. I mean, it's the way it was done. You know, and I know people on the outside may have trouble understanding how you're not threatened by somebody coming in for your job, but it, it's just part of that 
that group think that uh, you know offensive line five is one one is five type of mentality you know where you all pull for each other and it's just it's something special and very very cool and I I know one thing and it's 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 very unique to an, a, a select few teams when you have historically a locker room filled with leaders who are one of those engaging guy type leaders who reach out to the young people and bring them in and don't hold them at arm's length, but, you know, ingratiate the, you know, themselves to you and, and are willing to, to learn and listen and work. That's the, that's the key elements. A little bit of humility goes a long way. And I thought one of the things that I loved about what Danny did, Danny didn't come in and bellyache. Danny didn't sit there and whine about the fact that, you know, that people are talking about this and that and replacing him. He came in with a brand-new body. He came in and you look, okay, this dude has been squatting with big numbers. This dude's been bench pressing. This dude has been paying attention to what he's sticking into his mouth. You know what I mean? He's not sitting on the couch and taking long yeah. naps and eating sweets. You know, he's got he's eating beefcake and, and, and uh, going up and down with heavy barbells on his back. That's the way to do it. Because if you believe in yourself, as you were talking about, if you believe you are the apex predator at your position, then you don't worry about what's behind you, only what's in front of you. And what's in front of you is normally a guy like a Randy White from my day or, or, or Reggie White or something, you know, or a Jared Allen from your day. You know, you that's where your, your, your thought process is always proceeding to. It's not worrying about the guy behind you. No, you, you can't you can't listen to the footsteps. You got you got you gotta watch in front of you, you know. Um when you drive a car wolf, you tend you tend to look at the big windshield in front of you versus that little <laughs> rear view mirror behind you a lot more. <laughs> right? I could tell you a story about Gary Dunn. Uh, Dunny Oh geez. <laughs> Dunny had this Jeep called Clyde. Now Dunny, of course, lives down in the Florida Keys. Great guy. He was the first legitimate nose tackle when the Steelers moved to in the early 80s to a 3-4 defense. He was the first pure nose tackle uh, from the University of Miami. But Dunny had Clyde. That was his Jeep. And when he was at the University of Miami, he told me a story. <laughs> Somehow the, the, the forward transmission gears got all screwed up. He was off campus at a, at a place, and he's coming back to campus, and he could only drive it in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> he, what? He, he, he could only drive his jeep now it's a ragtop jeep and he's driving down to miami and he's pulling up to the you know these big intersections he's driving backwards <laughs> if you could imagine he's driving backwards in traffic <laughs> he said he only spun I mean, out a couple like, times <laughs> i mean that's that that that's like the a bad version of the bronx tales right it's like it's like <laughs> but you got to know I Dunny. I tried to save Miles. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> See, so I don't know Dunny, Dunny but that just it, that sounds like the opening scene of like a, another version of Animal House right there. It's just <laughs> the car only goes in reverse. But I got a car, right? <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's too funny. All right, well we're going to we're we're going to step aside and take a break on that note. We're not going in reverse. We're going forward, though. But in the spirit of Dunny, we'll, yes. tur we'll turn it around so that we're going forward, going backwards at the same time. All right, you're inside the locker room. It's Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas here on ESPN and SNR Radio.
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hunt stands to the right. Oh, there's a big rush. And down goes Brissett. Larry Joby, his second big penetrative play of the day. And the punt team is on for the Browns. Oh, Billy, just... I love those those pipes on Billy. Billy's still getting it done, and he's describing exactly what the Steelers need. You got to have some penetration. You got to have some guys that are kicking butt. Got to have some guys that are trench titans working it down in the box. You know what I'm talking about, Max. And I think Larry O. I'm interested because Tomlin, Mike Tomlin, didn't even mention him yesterday. I don't know. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Nobody followed up and asked, so we're kind of waiting. Uh, for the injury report to come out because today is the first day that you got to have an injury report. we got to find out how Larry O is doing because I certainly hope that he can buckle up and go. Yeah, I, I do too because Larry O is a guy that, you know, can be a difference maker in this game, especially in the interior. Looking at some of the turnover that that San Francisco line has has undergone Mike McGlinchey is now gone from the right tackle position for them. Um, he's now a Denver Bronco um, mm. via free agency. So it's going to be really interesting on this offensive unit because um, <clears throat> when I look at them, there's still a great squad. Cause once again, you have a guy by the name of Trent Williams uh, <laughs> at left tackle position. Yeah, he is pretty uh, impressive. He's a great equal. He, he is a great equalizer, and he is going to be a challenge. Colton McKivitz takes over. Um, Colton is a guy, West, as we talked about, the West Virginia guy um, <laughs> that's filling in for McGlinchey. Um, Spencer Burford, rookie last year, um, takes the reins at the right guard position. Jake Brendel at the center. And then, of course, Aaron Banks. Yes. Left guard. Yes. Aaron Banks, who I think – you might hear the pigeon call. <laughs> I'm just saying. If I'm Cam, fish. I look at I look fresh at Cam, fish. Yes, exactly. Cam Hayward and that one arm stab. That is just such a powerful move. And when you watch your opponent having trouble with it, um, it's like you go, "Okay, this is built to order." Uh, especially the fact that uh, you know you see situations where. Uh, he obviously doesn't protect the center's hip real well. So you can walk up linebackers, run the mo- uh, the uh, you and me games, as we used to call them back in our day, twists, in other words, and, and create some of that, uh, you know, even fire axes stuff because that sort of thing is going to – got a good chance of hitting home if they come after him. No, they do. And, and the other thing I love about – um, this this type of matchup is in space. Aaron Banks is not as good uh, when when you spread things out a little bit on him. Yes, and he has to get that lateral back and forth. Not as quick. So imagine you start one so one way cross face to the other side, a la either Cam with his long arm stab coming cross body into pressing B to A gap, so coming outside in. Is going to be a challenge, but also when you have to when you have to deal with the twist, he's not as good on the twist um, right. element as well. Um, so 
that's something where you, if you're looking and you're doing counts, if, if, if it does come a situation, you know, where you, you got to deal with Cam or TJ, uh, T, I'm sorry, Alex has to now come and kind of give a little up and under type of move. Can he pass off? You know, and if you line up a little wide, so you get into the four eye technique versus being a three on him, mm-hmm. that's when he struggles. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they attack him. And then if you get into some of the sub situations where you're three wides, and then you have that four down line, um, you know, he's good on coming de- collapsing down on a nose, but a cross facing nose, hello, Keanu Benton, yeah. uh, could be a problem. Yeah. Uh, it, it could pose a threat to him. So I think you do. Um, just like in the season opener of a year ago, Cordell Vol- uh, Volson for the for the uh, Bengals, mm-hmm. it could be a little little hairy in there early for the left guard. Wouldn't you like and to I see think that? That's something that. Yeah, you know, it would it would break my heart, Wolf. It would absolutely <laughs> break my heart if Aaron Banks could not handle Cam Hayward. <laughs> that would just. That would that would just make it so upsetting. Not <laughs> yeah, exactly so. You know, I look at them, and I and I also think uh, a nice matchup could be Elijah Loudermilk too, because of the fact that this guy does not protect the the gaps very well. But you know, Elijah also has a nice uppercut and swim that I think could be an, in relief role for Cam. That'd be interesting to see. But certainly, the thing about it is Aaron Banks and and that A and B gaps around him are are a threat. Are, are a place that we can threaten, I should say, um, and use so to our advantage. But certainly, you know, I, I look forward to seeing how it's all going to wrap up here. But we got to go to break because that's the first hour in the can. We're coming back. We have it's Wexel Wednesday, Steel City Insider Jim Wexel coming up right after this break. We'll be back with more. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. <laughs> 